the home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. You know, the last thing anybody wants to do right about now in these weird times is jump in a time machine and start reliving some stuff. But I got to tell you that uh, <laughs> Nate Green, the Dayton Flyers, just topped in a time machine and went back to January 22nd. The final then against the George Mason Patriots, Dayton 74, George Mason 65. The final tonight, Flyers 74, Patriots 65. An identical score to the last time these two teams played just about a month ago, Nate Green. Man, I wouldn't have put my money that that would have happened. We honestly should have beat them by a little more than that. But, you know, we got a little lazy at the end, and they hit a couple buckets to try to make it a little closer. It was a game, Nate, that as you and I were talking as it was wrapping up, the Dayton Flyers needed this game. Yeah, for sure. They needed it for that momentum change, that confidence builder. After coming off a loss like they did, you know, it looked like everybody responded. You know, coach only went about eight deep, but the starting five, you know, they averaged, it was at least 32 minutes a game. I think Crutcher and uh, Ibby played the whole game. So... You know, they stepped up and they played a solid that I would call that a team win. Yeah, as we talked about on Tuesday during the broadcast here, Larry Hanskin and and, uh, and uh, Keith mentioned it on Tuesday night when they were in Pittsburgh. Uh, we did not have a flyer feedback because of the late tip on Tuesday night. But make no mistake about it, even though Dayton lost to Duquesne by 5, 69-64, which was not nice for the Flyers, uh, Flyers got their butts kicked Tuesday night. That that was the first five-point blowout I've ever seen, but that was not a final score that was indicative of how the Flyers just got run out of the gym uh, at the site of the former A.J. Palumbo Center on Tuesday. A couple guys on the struggle bus, but good to see them now get up off the mat. Surely a frustrating effort against Duquesne, but uh, you, know, you don't let the Dukes beat you twice. You get up off the schneid. Uh, Nate, and your rebound today with a really good game and across the board with, uh, especially of note, Ibby Watson really rebounding and being more like the Ibby Watson uh, we've come to expect after he really had a hard shooting night on Tuesday and he goes out and drops 20 and looks like himself tonight against the Patriots. Oh, oh yeah, I believe that uh, all the, the whole starting five scored in double figures. Maybe uh, I think uh, Chamaga might have had eight, but he had like 14 or 15 rebounds. So, you know, they all was contributing uh, today, and it was a team win. It looked good. I hope we can continue. We just got to keep this and moving forward. Yeah, and that's, that's, I think, the thing a lot of Dayton fans are looking at, at this team, Nate, is, is we've talked about how this, this edition of this Dayton Flyers team has been really confusing to follow closely on the beat or as a fan because this team has been consistently inconsistent, has become their identity. Right, yeah. it, It's been a season that a lot of Dayton fans, I think, have gritted their teeth because of what we've seen. And as I talked about last week on Flyer Feedback, this is not a confusing team because we don't know what the floor and ceiling are. It's confusing even more so because we do know what the floor and ceiling are, and we've seen both. Um, this yeah. was kind of a middle-of-the-road game. Frustrating, I know, for Dayton fans on the schedule because you – you, you miss out on getting a just barely a top 50 net team in the Richmond Spiders. They're 51 tonight in the net rankings. Um, a nice quad one opportunity at home, but obviously 
The Spiders have had to hit pause again because of COVID concerns, and these were two teams in Dayton and George Mason that were both affected by that this week because Mason was supposed to play Richmond on Tuesday when they announced a positive test in the Spiders program. Dayton was supposed to play Richmond tonight, so George Mason and Dayton got together as two teams that have already played each other, as we've already talked about tonight, and said, well, hell, let's just... You know, we, we, we both got holes in the schedule this week, so let's get together and play a game so we're not sitting around for more than a week. So a missed opportunity to not get a shot at Richmond tonight, but a good, um, just a good win, Nate, to get up off the mat because I think a lot of Dayton fans have come to the reality, have come to grips with the reality that this Dayton team is not in that large bunch. They're just not in that conversation right now. So at this point, especially because of the Fordham and LaSalle and now the Duquesne losses, they're in the auto bitter bus category. And the question is, yeah. can they find a level of consistency, Nate, to be able to get there and string together some wins in, in Richmond eventually and start between now and, you know, we're going to hit the conference tournament the next month. Can they start playing their best ball of the season for a team that's been on a roller coaster all year? Yeah, and I think everything worked out uh, on the better half of us because, you know, not having to play the Richmond and then coming in and play George Mason, um, I think benefited us. And then when we do get to play Richmond, we're, we're, we're coming off of that that confidence builder. And now we're going against them and we're ready. You know, granted, uh, Richmond's going to have some time off, which could be uh, a negative for them. Um, and, you know, you're not getting used to and you're not playing with each other. And that time apart can hurt. And we can take advantage of that. Big night from the aforementioned Ibby Watson. He had 20 tonight. Jalen Crutcher paced the Flyers with 21. Elijah Weaver adds 13 in one of his more impressive efforts uh, in his uh, young career here at Dayton. And uh, Mustafa Amzil, who's just become a double-digits machine, a quiet-ish night for uh, Mustafa with 10. And then Jordy Shimanga with 8. It's John Bedell and it's former Flyer Nate Green here with you, coming to you live from our Dayton studios for Flyer Feedback as we await the live Post-game comments of Dayton head coach Anthony Grant after this Dayton win tonight, 74-65. The nine-point win over the George Mason Patriots gets the Flyers to 11-5. Overall, they're now 7-4 in Atlantic 10 play. And Flyer Feedback is sponsored by Flanagan's Pub and Bud Light. And Flanagan's on Stewart Street is now hiring. They're currently completing upgrades to create that same Flyer faithful experience that you've grown accustomed to since 1976. Want to join the team? Apply at flanagansdayton at gmail.com. Nate, you talk about trying to find some consistency and some chemistry. I thought two guys that developed the latter of those two things, some chemistry tonight, were Elijah Weaver and Jordy Shimanga. They had a couple of... Um, really nice sort of two-man game moments there, Nate, where uh, Elijah found Jordy for the flush and the dunk to, to finish. And I thought, man, those two, if they can try to develop some chemistry off the pick and roll, sort of that two-man game, that's going to be another dimension that uh, is is nothing but good things for this Dayton team. Oh, yeah. Honestly, I think that's going to be a key factor, um, them having that chemistry and building that. And Chamanga being more of a, uh, offensive president inside is going to make a big difference because it's also going to take pressure off of Crutcher and uh, Ibby to do what they do. I mean, granted, you know, they're going to do what they do because they're, you know, they're All-American quality. So, but that combo with them together and they can get it going, it's going to be real nice. And I think especially, too, within the context of, at least for the time being in the short term with um, 
Mulai Sissoko out with an injury. We know he missed his second straight, straight game tonight. He did not play Tuesday at Duquesne. He was in sweats again tonight with an injury. And we saw Tuesday against the Dukes, Nate, how uh, Duquesne's bigs just destroyed Dayton once Jordy got in foul trouble. Went out without Moo in there. You got a depth problem in your front court. Uh, and so if Jordy can stay out of foul trouble and continue playing like he can, he did tonight, again, in the short term without Moo, uh, that's that's only going to help them, too, with with their depth situation they've got going on uh, in the current uh, current stretch here. And it might sound crazy, but, you know, we look at the stats, and Jamaga had uh, almost a double-double with eight points and 14 rebounds. But I've seen things, and I believe that he can be that much better it should have been 20 points and 20 rebounds. He can do that. He just has to be more solid down low. He got to finish the easy bunnies. He did, did some nice ones. I had a couple of dunks today, but I just expect more out of him. Just want to push him. Yeah, no, and he's a veteran. That's that's okay to do that too. And he had one of the other, one of my moments of the game, it would be uh, one of the plays of the game, uh, if it were up to me, is that in the second half, right about 12-ish minutes left, just before that 12-minute mark, Crutcher dr- takes oh, yeah. a double team with him, Nate, as he goes left to the bucket. Uh, he takes the double team with him, except for the Patriots totally forgot. Everybody vacates the weak side, and there is Jordy Shimanga all by himself, and Crutcher just whoop, splits the double team with the pocket pass, and there is Jordy, I mean, all by himself uh, hey, that might for the flush. Top, top 10 plays. Oh, that was pretty, man. That was that was hard eye hard eyes emoji for sure, man. That one tonight. Woo, that was that was vintage Jalen Crutcher, and that was a nice, uh, nice pass. So yeah, you know, Nate uh sort of smacked a little bit of Tuesday night only uh in Dayton's favor this time around, where maybe uh, it wasn't as quite as close as the final score would indicate. You know, Mason pulled it within nine sort of in crunch time, but Dayton's lead was, you know, up to 17 at one point in the second half. Uh, and they, I mean, really, they kept the Patriots at an arm's length in the first half at the at the four breaks in the first half. They're up five of the under 16. They got a seven-point cushion at the under 12. And then they're up six at the under eight and under four, which just because of a game flow quirk happened within 16 seconds of each other because the under eight didn't come till way late. And then, you know, in the second half, Nate, they pushed that lead out to 17 at one point. Um, I mean, this really never felt like a, a game that Dayton was in danger of losing once they kind of jumped out to that early, you know, sort of cushion, like I mentioned, to keep the Patriots at arm's length pretty early on. Yeah, well, you know, everybody was on all cylinders today, and it was clicking. They were shooting the ball well. They um, had a nice percentage from the three points today. Everybody was hitting. And you got to think, when you have a – team and the caliber that we have and you're hitting from the outside it's going to make it a little easier for us and then that just gives us confidence to play better defense and we did that yeah Nate you mentioned the three-point shooting I mean the first half was hard to shoot much better than Dayton did in that first frame 50 percent from the field including a blistering 57 percent Nate from beyond the three-point line which was astounding in the first half also they rebounded the ball well in the first first frame they grabbed 19 boards and they controlled the ball well in the first half, too. As we know, throughout the season, this is a Dayton team that has struggled mightily, mightily turning the ball over. They've only had a handful of games where they've where they've kept turnovers to the single-digit mark. They had five in the first half. They finished the game with 15 turnovers, so not great, but for this Dayton team this year, this addition, not egregious, again, Nate, for a team that has really, really struggled. Now, it's been getting better as the year has gone on. They have... They have started to take slightly better care of the ball than they did, you know, in the first month of the season. But 
still, that is that is one of their weaknesses. But uh, all things considered, 15 turnovers for this Dayton team is not not too hateful. Yeah, because we was averaging, it looks like, 20 turnovers a game. But um, we still need to do better in that category. Um, I believe if we would have cut it down and we would have only had 10 turnovers the whole game, um, the game wouldn't have been as close as it was. You know, we would have went out and we would have probably stayed at that 17 mark. Yeah, and I thought Dayton did a pretty good job, Nate, of sort of re, re-grabbing momentum going into the half, coming out of the half, because at the at the close of the first half, there's about a there was a five or six second differential between the shot and the game clock, so Dayton couldn't quite get the last possession. Uh, but Crutcher hits a jumper with you know six seconds left, whatever it was. The clock keeps running, and George Mason's got to go the length of the floor in about in three seconds and change. And Tyler Kolick, they push it ahead to him, and Kolick puts in that uh, that layup from the left side of the iron, and they went to review it, and it was good. So, uh, you know, you go from a, get a real quick four-point swing there with Crutcher hitting the jumper, and then Kolick coming back and hitting the lay-ins. They were only, out, they were only down, uh, Nate, the Patriots were four at the break. So I thought Dayton did a good job kind of grabbing momentum back as they came out in the second half. Yeah, yeah, they did, because at the end of it, I thought we did good, and then you know, we get the bucket, Crutcher gets to the basket, but then we get lackadaisical and they take it coast to coast to uh, make the basket at the buzzer. Um, but we turned it up, um, you know, basketball is 40 minutes. Uh, you know, the first half we we did decent and we were solid, but then we picked it up in the second half. But, you know, first half we did, we took care of the ball and we didn't turn it over. But then on the other hand, in the second half, we had 10 turnovers. So, you know, we did good things on both ends, and then we need some things we need to work on. But, you know, moving forward, we're getting them better and we're improving, and that's what we want to do coming into the postseason. Nate, when you played at Dayton, did you ever have a team that you were on that was this up and down? Let me ask you that first. That really struggled to find the consistency like this team has this year? No, I can't say we have, because, you know, every year we played, we was in the postseason, NIT or the NCAA. And a couple of years that we was there, we was ranked in the country. Top top twenty. Yeah, I'm just curious about how you how you sort of, you know, what, what could this can do to to sort of boost that confidence and get that consistency level back. But we'll talk about that on the uh other side of the break as I'm seeing here on the hotline. We've got uh, head coach Anthony Grant on the horn. So what does Anthony Grant think about his Dayton Flyers getting this? 74-65 win over George Mason again. That's right, exact same final score as the last time they played about a month ago. Well, you're about to find out because Anthony is live on a line with Larry Hanskin on the other side of this break right here on the Home of the Flyers. The Home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. The Home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Larry Hanskin back at the UD Arena where the Dayton Flyers defeat George Mason 74-65. We're joined by Flyer head coach Anthony Grant. And coach, offensively, a, a good performance by your team tonight. Shooting the ball uh, efficient, uh, especially from beyond the arc. But did that overshadow uh, a defensive effort tonight that really might have been the key to winning this game? Well, I think it was. I, th- I thought um, our guys gave a, a really good effort in terms of what, what we needed to do today. I thought the ability to keep them out of transition, try to keep them keeping them off the glass, and then uh, you know just limiting the things that they do really well. They're they're a very talented team. You know, obviously, uh, you know we played them a little over a month ago, 
and they're doing some things differently. And as you as you would expect, I thought uh, you know they they've really matured in some ways that that had us really concerned coming into it. But our guys answered the bell tonight, and I thought it started over the, on the defensive end. Speaking of that, you 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 had some change. You changed your defenses. You played some zone. You got out in three quarter a little uh, bit of a bit of a press. And was this the, did that kind of just jump start your energy for the for the guys? Well, we wanted to mix some things up. You know, early in the game, you know they they got into a little bit of a rhythm against the zone, and you know, uh, Jalen and the guys, you know, felt really really strongly that our man to man was what, what we needed to do. And so when we made that adjustment, I thought our defensive uh, efforts and intensity really picked up, and uh, the guys did a really good job. You, you get a, a big ball game from Jalen and Ibby, your two veterans, but, boy, uh, some very balanced contributions up and down your lineup, uh, uh, not just scoring the basketball, but, but on the glass and that team defense, guys rotating and helping. Um, this, this, this was a total team effort. Yeah, no doubt. You know, and I, I thought, as you mentioned, you know, obviously Jalen and uh, and Ibby, you know, those, those guys, you know, are, are the you know great leaders, and, and certainly you expect them uh, to be able to, to to come back and bounce back. You know, I thought the story tonight, because I thought we got great play out of Elijah Weaver tonight, uh, bouncing back after our last game, and then Jordy's ability to stay on the floor, uh, 32 minutes tonight, 14 rebounds. We needed every one of them. I thought those guys did a great job, as the rest of the guys did. Well, congratulations, Coach. Uh, all the guys, great team win, great victory. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you uh, on the road come okay. Tuesday. All right, I appreciate it. Go far. All right, uh, that'll wrap things up here. Again, Dayton's next game is at UMass on Tuesday. Hopefully, you know, in this COVID world, you know, you just uh, make the plans and, and hope for the best. And Dayton did just that tonight. And on behalf of our crew here at the arena, our engineer producer, Caleb McLeod, John Tisdall back at our WHIO studios, your halftime host, and working with me tonight and uh, filling in for Bucky, uh, Hall of Famer Keith Waliskowski. Again, the final, it's Dayton 74 and George Mason 65. Now stick around for more of Flyer Feedback. The home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. The Bud Light Post Game Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, brought to you by Bud Light, America's favorite light lager, Premier Health, proud to be the official health care provider for UD Athletics. Learn more at premierhealth.com slash sportsmed. Frickers, for over 30 years, has been the home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. CareSource, with health insurance from CareSource, you're covered in kindness. Vandalia Blacktop and Seal Coating, make your parking lot look great again. Go to vandaliablacktop.com to see how. And by Logan AC and Heat Services, the official heating and cooling partner of the UD Flyers helping fans stay comfortable all season long. The Bud Light Post Game Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. University of Dayton Basketball is a presentation of 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. The announcers for today's game were chosen in conjunction with the University of Dayton. Get up, Flyer fans. It's the show just for you. Flyer Feedback, presented by Bud Light. Flyer Feedback is brought to you by... 
Flanagan's Pub on Stewart Street in Dayton. Stop by after the game for delicious food and 24 beers on tap. Bud Light, keep it crisp with Bud Light. Frickers, for over 30 years, has been the home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. And by Flyer Spirit. Stop on over to Flyer Spirit on Brown Street and show off your Flyer pride. Go UD. Call in with your comments or questions. 457-1290. Flyer feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. Hey, everybody. Dayton a winner. 74-65 against George Mason. Again. Yeah, do not adjust your radio dials. This is an identical final score as to when these two teams got together a little more than a month ago on January 4th, 74-65 Flyers. The nine-point win tonight gets Dayton to 11-5 overall and 7-4 in a 10 play. It's John Bedell and former Flyer Nate Green with you here for Flyer Feedback. Nate Green, he's number five in your programs, but number one in your hearts. Flyer Feedback is sponsored by Flanagan's Pub and Bud Light. Nate, as you and I were talking about before we came on the air and in that first segment, this was a game, a win, that you said the Dayton Flyers just needed. Why? Uh, They needed it for multiple reasons. One is a confident builder. Two, after coming off of a loss like they did, you know, it gives them that that hope that, okay, it's not over. You know, we got to get consistent, and that's our thing. You know, we're – we have moments where we look like we did against Duquesne, and then we have moments where we play solid like we did against George Mason. Um, everybody contributed today, and it's a motivation, and then it gives them a momentum of going forward to uh, keep it up. Got to correct my builder. Got to correct myself from the the first segment where uh, I talked about the where this game fell in the quad system. I said quad one. Little I was a little high on that. It was actually a quad. It would have been. So let me back up even further. I mentioned the disappointment that Dayton fans had because Nate Dayton was supposed to be playing Richmond tonight, one of the better teams in the A-10, and a team that has dropped some inexplicable losses to sort of drop itself down the at-large ladder. The Spiders haven't done themselves any favor after any favors after start, starting hot. But point is, Dayton was supposed to play Richmond tonight, and they were 51 in the net as of last night. So that would have would have been a quad two opportunity at home tonight. George Mason comes here in here as 170 in the net ranking. So instead of a quad two game, this was a quad four, which you don't want to drop, even though we've seen Dayton drop a couple this year. Not advisable to drop quad four opportunities, Nate. Uh, but Dayton takes care of business tonight uh, because, as we mentioned, with this weird COVID year, there's going to be holes in the schedule. There's going to be reshuffling. And these are two teams in Dayton and George Mason that – have played before and both impacted this week because of the positive COVID test within Richmond's program because you had Mason was supposed to play them on Tuesday when all of a sudden the news breaks of, well, we got COVID tests in the Spiders program. And then so the game with George Mason's off, the game with Dayton tonight is off. So I think George Mason and Dayton got together and said, well, let's just play a game because we don't want to be sitting around for, you know, through the week and the weekend and the next week. Um, so they get together and, and play again, and here we are with an identical final score, 74-65, a nine-point win, and uh, Dayton gets up off the mat after a game Tuesday that uh, was, don't fool yourself, Flyers fans, not as close as that final score would indicate uh, with Dayton only losing by five in Pittsburgh on Tuesday. But the good news, Nate, is they rebound and they get a really nice win tonight. Anthony relied 
heavily, Nate, on his starters tonight. He only brought two guys off the bench and pulling up the box score here. Nate, off the top of your head, you were correct that Ibby Watson and Jalen Crutcher, again, they're first and third in the nation, at least they were just a couple weeks ago in terms of the minutes load they're playing. They both played all 40, 4-0 minutes. Uh, all the starters were north of 30 minutes. Mustafa Amzil, 30 and change. Jordy Shimanga with 32 minutes. Elijah Weaver with 37 minutes. He almost went the distance. The only guys off the bench, Zimwa Keji played 11 minutes, and R.J. Blatney played 8. So Anthony is continuing to uh, really, really, Nate, lean heavily on those starters and those veteran guys. Yeah, you know, he said this is their team, and, you know, he's going to let them carry them. And if we can keep them be consistent and play together like they did tonight, it's going to be even better. We're just going to keep growing, and then we're going to have a chance in the postseason because when the A-10 tournament comes, you know, anybody can win. It only takes one game to get out of there. So if we just got to keep this and make this as a momentum, keep going forward, and hopefully we can carry it over into the A-10 tournament. Yeah, and I think the question, too, for a lot of Flyers fans, Nate, is you talked about this team trying to find that consistency, which they just haven't all year. I mean, I don't have to tell Dayton fans who watch this team that this team's been all over the freaking map this year. I mean, just as I mentioned, we've seen the ceiling and the floor. They can beat St. Louis, a top 25 St. Louis team at their place, and they can also go have just embarrassing losses for the program, like losing to Fordham, which is never a good idea. Uh, but the question for a lot of Dayton fans is, can they get consistent enough, Nate, to at least – since they are squarely in the auto bid or bust category, can they get themselves to a top four seed in the A-10 to at least make the task of the auto bid a little a little bit easier on themselves, Nate, so at least they're only having to win three games in as many days as, as opposed to, because if you're outside that top four, Nate, you got to win four games in as many days, and that just becomes really tough. Yeah, it definitely does. But, you know, we also got to take the factor of this COVID situation and uh pandemic that's going on because you got to think uh you know we've going to s15,000 fans going crazy in the arena that makes a difference that gives kids motivation they get excited they want to play for the fans and now you know they may be playing in front of what 300 fans slightly more tonight i thought that it looked more crowded than it has in the past because they the variance they're allowed from the state department of health is 300 but prior yeah. to tonight Dayton has been keeping fewer than half that in the arena. It's been closer to 150, but as soon as I stepped in there tonight, I thought, man, it looks this looks closer to 300, so I checked, and uh, UD did confirm. Uh, UD Hall of Fame SID Doug Hoschild confirms 280-ish tonight, so much, much closer tonight to that, that 300 threshold they're allowed uh, by the state because of uh, COVID restrictions here in Ohio and also in Montgomery County with uh, the County Health Department here, too, but that, that 300 variance is, is a level that the Ohio Department of Health sets, so yeah, much closer, Nate, to that 300 tonight. Yeah, and you know, you've been in the arena when 15,000 is going crazy and you can't even hear yourself talk. You know, as a player, those are things that give you energy, give you excitement, and, you know, you want to do great for them. But when you don't have that, sometimes you get complacent and you go through the motions and you got to find other things to get you motivated to play the game. Um, and those are things that they're going through right now. And that's probably one of the reasons why we can't find that consistency is because – you know, they don't have those fans and the the loud noise to get them hyped up, and they have to do it on their own. Yeah, certainly boils it and down to boils it down to the pretty simplistic game, Nate. When there's you got 300 people in there, and it's just 
Two teams going at it. Hey, 74-65, dating a nine-point winner tonight. It's John Bedell and former Flyer Nate Green and you here for Flyer Feedback. It continues on the other side of this break, live right here on the Home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. Call with your questions and comments now. 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Hey everybody, welcome back to Flyer Feedback. It's John Bedell, former Flyer Nate Green, you here for Flyer Feedback. Dayton winner again, 74-65 against George Mason. Again, exact same score both times these two teams have played. Exact same result, a Dayton Flyers win. It was such a big deal tonight. Joey Burrow was in the house over at UD Arena. Ah, yes, sources confirm. And by sources, I mean I literally saw him from across the arena myself. Bengals QB. Joe Burrow was down at the house. And if you're wondering why would Joey Burrow be at a Dayton Flyers game, uh, well, here's your answer. He played, as you might know, but if you don't, he was teammates with Ibby Watson in high school for two seasons, Nate Green, before Ibby transferred from Athens High to Pickerington Central in the Columbus area, where, incidentally, my dog is from. That's her hometown, Pickerington. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. Joey B. and Ibby Watson, their buddies from back in their high school days when they were basketball teammates uh, at Athens High School, and Ibby ended up transferring to uh, Pickerington for his basketball career because he felt that was the... Better move at the time, so uh, plenty of fans, uh, Dayton fans, I could see Nate from across the way uh, getting the socially distanced and masked selfies with uh, Joey B at halftime, but uh, he, he seemed to be a pretty <laughs> oh, good man, sport about it, but once everybody realized he was in the house, it was uh, pretty neat. So at any rate, it's John Bonnell, Nate Green, and you here for Flyer Feedback, which is sponsored by Flanagan's Pub and Bud Light and our friends at Flanagan's on Stewart Street. They're now hiring. They're currently completing upgrades to create that same Flyer faithful experience you've grown accustomed to since 1976. Want to join the team? Apply at flanagansdayton at gmail.com. Nate, it was a win where, you know, Dayton's had a rough week. They they got uh, taken to the woodshed Tuesday in Pittsburgh. The, the final score was not indicative of how much of a manhandling that was on Tuesday night. But, you know, as we always talk about, you can't let a team beat you twice, and they moved on. They got plenty of reps between then and now, and they got a game when they had another th- curveball thrown at them even before Tuesday night was over with, hey, Richmond's got some positive COVID tests, and guess what? The Spiders got to hit the pause button, and they're not coming to the arena tonight, so now they play George Mason for a second time. But, I mean, Nate, what stood out to me tonight, aside from Ibby Watson getting back, um, back to himself offensively, was Elijah's Elijah Weaver's effort tonight? He had 13 in uh, north of 30 minutes tonight. He almost, I think, he had 37 from what we talked about just a couple of segments ago. But Nate, what's that going to do for this team, especially with the absence of Rodney Chapman? He's out, we know, till at least early March, about another month, with that torn ligament in his right hand that he had surgery to repair. What's that going to do if this is the Elijah Weaver, Nate, we see going forward between now and when when Rodney Chapman gets back? What does that do for this team? Oh, that does nothing but give the team, you know, a boost. And that's what they need. They need him and they need Chamanga to keep playing solid like they did tonight. Um, if they continue to do that and Crutcher and Ibby do what they're supposed to do, we're, we're going to have a chance. You know, we're definitely going to have a chance. We don't go that deep, so we have to, you know, it's 40 minutes. And like you said, we had uh, 
what, almost everybody, the whole five starting five played at least 30 minutes. We had two that played yep. the whole game. Um, and then Weaver, what, played 37. So, you know, coaches is dependent on them and coach has faith and believes in them. So with that, that gives them confidence in coming off a game like they did tonight. That should give them even more confidence to continue to play well. And, you know, when you have confidence as a player, you do things and you hit shots that, you know, you per se normally wouldn't do. But when you got that confidence, the, the, the basket looks that much bigger and it's that much easier. It's like an ocean. You just knock it down. Yeah, you mentioned the limited rotation tonight, Nate. Seven guys in the rotation. Ibby Watson and Jalen Crutcher, as they've done a handful of times this year, they both went the distance, all 40 minutes for Ibby and Jalen. Uh, and then uh, Elijah Weaver, as you mentioned, had 37 minutes. Jordy Shimanga played 32. Mustafa Amzio was just shy of 31 minutes. He's listed as 30-43 in the box score officially. And then Anthony only bringing two guys off the bench. Zimwa Keji had 11 minutes. R.J. Blakeney tossed in eight and a half minutes uh, of his own uh, off the bench. And that was another thing that Anthony brought up in the postgame in his live comments with Larry Hanskin that you heard right here on WHIO Radio, Nate, was a point you just made was that Jordy Shimaga playing well and Jordy staying out of foul trouble because as we saw on Tuesday night, again, without Musa Soko for two games in a row, Duquesne and tonight against the Patriots because of an injury, now they got a front court issue in terms of their depth. And that was really when Jordy got in foul trouble Tuesday night, Nate, that was when the butt kicking started at Duquesne. And those bigs that the Dukes had just ate it up, ate the young guys up, uh, the freshmen yeah. in that front court. So Jordy staying out of foul trouble and staying on the floor and playing well while he's doing so, Nate, is is never a bad thing either for this team when they got a limited rotation right now. No, not at all. And like you said, with the limited rotation, you know, those are going to be key factors for everybody. One, staying out of foul trouble, and two, not turning the ball over. And with those two things, you know, you got a chance to be successful because, you know, the coach believes in them. They, they can do it, and they, uh, you know, they just got to have the confidence like they had tonight. You know, at the end of the day, you know, you have players. You got Crutcher. He's an All-American candidate. Um, you have Obi, Ibby, I'm sorry, Ibby that, you know, did his thing and he's continued to do his thing. Weaver stepped up, and if we can get him to continue to play the way he did tonight, it's going to be a, a pretty decent season for us. The other thing they did really well, Nate, too, and I think this uh, Larry and, and Anthony talked about this in their postgame discussion, that – uh, Larry mentioned that you know the three-point shooting was incredible. They shot 57% in the first half from beyond the arc to the Flyers. They finished the game shooting 52%. They shot 12 of 23 from beyond the arc tonight. And a good night offensively, too. They shoot 52% from the field. Um, does the offensive effort, Larry said, uh, in particular the scorched shooting effort from beyond the arc, does that – does that sort of overshadow the defensive effort that might have won you this game? And Anthony agreed. He said, really, I thought that the two things they did well, the Flyers did, was keeping George Mason out of their transition game and, two, keeping them off the glass. What did you see defensively, Nate, from this Dayton team that worked so well tonight? Um, honestly, I see that they played as a team on the defensive end. When the ball went into the post, the double team came hard and strong. They couldn't get out of it. They got a couple turnovers out of it. Um, they was closing out on the wings and making them put it on the floor. And then when they put it on the floor, they had help. And that was a team effort win all the way around from the offense and defensive end. Everybody contributed on offense and everybody contributed on defense. And that's what we need. This is the type of team that we have that 
is going to be a team effort for us to do it. There's not going to be just one player that's going to take over the game. Granted, at times, Crutcher can take over the game, but he still is going to need that help from his other players so that we can go far. Nate, you and I were talking a couple of segments ago. Most of the teams you were on here at Dayton, well, all of them, they were all postseason teams. But you you mentioned that looking back on your career, you really felt like no team you were ever on here at Dayton really struggled with finding a level of consistency. Like, I mean, this Dayton team has really, really struggled with that this year. They've been up, they've been down, they've been up, they've been down. They're just consistently inconsistent. But when you're when you're struggling like that and trying to find a, a level of consistency that they just have not hit yet this year, Nate, how do you what do you do to find it, and what helps trying to just get yourself in that groove and get off and run? I mean, does it just take stringing together, you know, more than two wins in a row, like a little win streak here, get 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 two, three, four in a row, and just the confidence gets going? And a lot of times, you know, these are these are mental things. Um, like I said, with the COVID and everything that's going on with that, and not having fans in there, um, it hits you mentally. And kids, we're talk, we're talking about kids, so they have to be able to develop that mental toughness and to be able to play through that. And when you can do that, that's where the consistency comes in. And the teams that we played on, we had a very high and strong mental uh, mindset. Yeah, I think that's the thing as this season goes on. I mean, I'm guilty of this too, is I think, and I think because of the perspective of last year, Nate, I think it's easier for people to forget how young this team is. Because they still got a lot of veterans left over from that team. You know, Ibby, we know has had he's been it felt like he's been in college forever. And he was on that yeah. Michigan team that made the, the championship game. Um, you know, Ibby is certainly a veteran. Jalen is one of those guys that I'm sure other A ten schools feel like, God, well, this kid just graduate, you know, because he's been so good and just destroying the A ten for the better part of four years now. Rodney Chapman's been around a while. I know he's injured right now. Jordy Shimonga is a veteran. But, I mean, they got a lot of young guys that they're trying to mix in here. You know, Mustafa Amzil, for crying out loud. I mean, yeah. Mustafa, Nate, he got, he's been a part of this team for like six weeks now. He, he was starting a few days after his first day on campus. Uh, and then, of course, with you know Elijah Weaver being only a sophomore eligibility-wise, you know, he's, uh, he's on the younger side and trying to figure out, you know, he's into the mix now all of a sudden after, after being here uh, for a little bit. But And then, you know, you look at guys like Zim Wakeji, who's only a redshirt freshman, and R.J. Blakeney, who's a true freshman, and really the only guys uh, getting minutes right now. But and and Moo when he's not hurt, but Moo Lai Sissoko is uh, is another redshirt freshman. I mean, I think it's easy to forget because of the handful of guys that are left over from last year's team and that are vets. How many young guys and inexperienced Nate they're trying to mix into the batter here as this year goes along? Yeah, well, and that's the tough thing. Um, you know, coach is trying to you know mix them into the bunch, but right now you said they're mentally they they're not ready you know coach is, is sticking with his core group and you know like you said he's only going seven deep and for me that should give the younger guys motivation to be like okay let me show and prove the coach that i'm ready to step in and i can give them a breather when they need it and they don't have to play the whole 40 minutes Yep. Hey, it's John Bedell. It's Nate Green, and it's you here for Flyer Feedback. Dayton winner, 74-65. A couple of ways you can join the show. You can tweet me, at jbedellwhio. I may read your tweet on the air, but keep it clean, you guys. This is a family show, even though we're coming up on the 10 o'clock hour here on WHIO Radio. You can call us up at 937-457-1290. And unfortunately, because we're not at Flanagan's this year in person, there is no Bud Light Mike, so you got to tweet us, or you got to call us up on the phone if you want to give us your... Uh, Scorched Earth hot takes about this game. 
you're listening to Flyer Feedback live on your radio right now, but don't forget, got right here to prove it, you can podcast Flyer Feedback. Did you know? Yes, it's true. Podcast Flyer Feedback. So you can listen to us on our website at whio.com slash flyerfeedback in the on-demand section of our website, or you can uh, make it easier for you and better for us if you make us part of your feed at any of the streaming services out there, from Apple to Google Podcasts to Spotify to Stitcher. Check us out. It's podcasted, and it's great. We go in, we take all the commercials out, so it's just good, juicy, flyer feedback content and bump music, Nate Green. It's great stuff, and it pops up in your feed as soon as we edit it down after the show's over. So we thank you for joining us uh, on Flyer Feedback, and be sure to check it out in your podcast app wherever you uh, download your fine podcasts. So, Nate, 11 and 5, 7 and 4, the Dayton Flyers, they look ahead here. Again, trying to string some wins together because we're about a month out, Nate, from the A-10 tournament, and that is very important for everybody, but especially for a team like Dayton that is that is very squarely uh, in the auto-bid uh, or bust uh, boat as of this year. So it starts with looking ahead to uh, a young still, but also talented and feisty UMass team. And, Nate, you got to go to a place uh, in the Mullen Center that historically has not been kind to this program. Yeah, and this is going to be another test for us, though, um, to come off of a a good win like we did and keep it going. Because, you know, a lot of times, you know, you have a bad loss and you come off and you're real fired up and ready to play, you know, right after you took that loss and you get that game and you do well. And then you kind of, fall back and you get lackadaisical and then a team like UMass is scrappy um you know at any moment they could be in the game and if you not coming and not prepared they can sneak up under you and then knock your feet from you yeah and this this stretch gets after UMass is a team you should handle you get a St. Joe's team that you definitely need to handle and beat them at home on the 13th the day before Valentine's Day then you get the return game with Rhodey in Kingston on the 16th, and then stuff gets real, Nate, as it stands right now. You've got St. Louis. You close the year, at least what's on the schedule. Again, we know the, all the caveats of this crazy year. You're going to close the year with St. Louis, St. Bonaventure, and VCU, and those are three really good opportunities to go get yourself some uh, some wins to sort of – I mean, it's not it's not really shoring up the resume because of the situation they're in, but you know what I mean. It's it's quality wins they can go yeah, and get. To, I mean, that doesn't hurt their case. Yeah, the yeah, and if you go out and beat St. Louis and St. Bonaventure, which if the season ended today, the Bonnies are an at-large team. If you can go out and beat St. Louis, Bonnies, and VCU to close the year, that's, only, that's not going to hurt your case, that's for sure. And then with that week off they've got, Nate, built in there, that bye week because of the very situation we're going through now with COVID, I mean, who knows when you're able to get – the Richmond Spiders back in there at some point to try and get a shot uh, at UR at some point here as, as they hopefully hit the hit the play button again after having to hit pause for COVID again right now within their program. So, hey, I got music in my ear. we got to take a break. It's John Bedell. It's former Flyer Nate Green and you here for Flyer Feedback, the home stretch of it on the other side of this break right here on the Home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. Call with your questions and comments now. 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Hey everybody, John Bedell, Nate Green, and you here for Flyer Feedback, which is brought to you by Flanagan's Pub and Bud Light. Identical score to the last time these two teams played. Flyers 74, Patriots 65. A little bit of a different feel, though. 
took Jalen Crutcher having seven of his career-high 26 points in the final 90 seconds to hold on and win that one back on January 2nd. Uh, not quite as close, even though, again, the final score, identical, a nine-point win for Dayton. Certainly didn't feel as close, uh, Nate Green, as it did about a month ago when these two teams met. Oh, you got, you're muted, Nate, on your end, buddy. There we go. Still me. Uh, there you go. Now, now, now we got you. Okay, there we go. You got me back. Okay, okay, good. Yeah, well, you know, uh, they were motivated today, and they, they took over the game today. They they pretty much had control of the whole game today. Um, they had a couple, you know, spurts where, um, you know, George Mason was making a run, but then we got it back under control. But we pretty much controlled the whole game today, and it, didn't, it wasn't that way. Um, when we played them at Duquesne. No, yeah, they got out to a pretty quick lead. Dayton, yeah, Dayton got out to five-point lead pretty quickly, kept them at arm's length for most of the game. The lead was as big as 17 at points for the Flyers, and they close it out and get the nine-point win. Four, five, seven, twelve, ninety is the number. Sean is in Oakwood. Sean, you're on Flyer Feedback. How are you guys doing tonight? Not too bad. How are you, Sean? Pretty good. It was a much better performance tonight than the other night. A lot of, a lot of guys played a lot better. Oh, yeah. Definitely improve it. Hey, yeah, I got I had uh, Duquesne stuck on my head. We they beat us so bad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, question for you. Um, I just want to know about a couple of the freshmen, uh, Kobe Brea and Luke Frazier. I know they haven't seen much playing time, especially Luke Frazier. What do you know? What what the the deal is with them? Um, yeah, Kobe's been dealing with some injuries on and off, uh, Sean. And then he was a healthy scratch last week. I know Anthony said after one of the games that it, they all kind of blend together, but he did say at one point last week it was a coach's decision. And then Luke Frazier has just been dealing with Anthony after the appendectomy. Anthony's been saying that he's been dealing with an illness, uh, which we know uh, obviously is is not COVID because they'd have to pause and say so if it was. Uh, but uh, even before and right around the appendectomy, Anthony had been has been talking about in his Zoom sessions with us, Sean, that uh, Luke has been dealing with just uh, multiple illnesses since the season started. So I, I don't know exactly what's going on with him, but I know he hasn't been feeling great from what Anthony's been saying. So, um, yeah, well, I wouldn't. We'll see, but I I think Anthony's he's at this point he's he's pretty settled into his rotation. I think is what we're uh, what we're seeing currently. I was just wondering, yeah, because it probably would help our depth. I know just having those guys play, but yeah, it sounds like. Uh, yeah, well, if it's uh, when you got a, when you got him saying things like coach's decision, we know it's all about trust, and I think yeah. that uh, it's not a knock on any. It never is a knock on any young guys, but and I don't mean this as a knock against Kobe, but sometimes you know Anthony just and other head coaches they just don't trust the young guys, right, Nate? And if you don't have their trust, you're not going to be in that rotation. Yeah, exactly, and you know, and that's what I told you before that it should be motivation for those guys to come out and practice extra harder and to show the coach that okay, uh, I'm ready and I can do it. All righty, well, thanks. Hey, Go sure, Sean. Appreciate you checking in tonight here on uh, Flyer Feedback. Sean checking in in Oakwood as he uh, kind of does throughout the season. So we appreciate Sean checking in with us tonight and. Dayton, uh, now Nate looks ahead to UMass, and the job is to uh, just keep stacking those wins and try to try to get, as I mentioned, try to get yourself that one of those top four seeds to make it a little easier on yourself. It's it's uh, You'd obviously head into the A-10 tournament, Nate, rather have to play three games in as many days than having to go that full-blown four in four days. That's, that's just something you don't want to – you'd rather not do. Yeah, we should go uh, to UMass and take care of business, and we should, be, we should beat them by at least 12. 
There you go. Nate Green, Stone Cold Lock here on Friday night. <laughs> Looking ahead to Tuesday. <laughs> to beat her by at least 12. <laughs> you heard it here first on Flyer Feedback after the George Mason game. Well, of all the Flyer Feedback shows I've done, this is the most recent. A hat tip, an RIP to a broadcasting and a radio legend in Les Levine. Going to miss the hell out of him. He was one of the all-timers, and we lost less this week. So, one more time. Dayton winner, 74-65. Our next game is Tuesday at UMass. The Bud Light pregame show starts at 6.30. Larry has the call at 7. We'll see you on the radio Tuesday night, Flyer fans. Until then, from our partner tonight, Nate Green, I'm John Bedell saying thanks for listening, everybody, and go Flyers. WHIO Dayton. WHIO FM Pleasant Hill. A Cox Media Group station. Powered by Back to Business IT. Take care of your business. We'll take care of your IT.